now introducing Mr. Kawada himself, my dad. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, this is Quantum of History. I'm your host, Donnie Waldron. Welcome in. Today's episode 30, the first day of the second year of Quantum of History. I just want to start off by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone that showed up for the one-year IG Live. It went even better than I could have imagined. It really did. I, 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 You know, when you do those things, you don't know exactly how they're going to turn out, how the flow is going to go. We went for almost four hours and I laughed the entire time. Thank you, everyone that showed up, everyone that came on the podcast, everyone that came on. Um, you guys were all great. I can't, I cannot thank you enough, everyone that showed up and watched. Uh, I had a ton of people who weren't even Bond fans who just stopped in and said that you know everyone was so funny and everyone had a good time. So... Thank you again. It really was four hours of, of just laughing and, and uh, enjoying everybody's company. So uh, hopefully we can start doing these things in person, but I'm definitely going to be doing more of those IG lives just like that because I think it just flowed so well. Now that you can do four to a screen, it's uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll do that more. Also, the Coffee Sisters, I'm afraid that you're going to have to owe me some royalties after that. <laughs> after that stream because i know i know that they were trending after that so everyone that uh researched and googled the coffee sisters after uh thank you for doing that and uh i really think that they need to sponsor me so if you guys are listening or if you get anybody has any hookups for bonnie ellie ruby or the other sisters uh give them a call and let them know that quantum of history i, I i've already tried the dm apparently they don't answer dms but um <laughs> if you guys give a shout out let them know that um they got a great sponsor in me and also a fitting way to end uh, year one. Start with uh, start with boobs, end with boobs. So at least I stayed consistent for a year. And then, all right, starting starting year two. The first thing I did was, if you haven't seen it po- posted, I did the GoldenEye 64 where I took on Kyle Barbo from Easy Smiles and Expensive Watches. That was the most intense GoldenEye game I think I've ever played in my life. And uh, I still whooped that ass, of course, but... It was intense, so we're not going to have to do a solid one, another one. And then I got some more coming. And then this one I'm probably going to try to put on the YouTube too. So will be my first venture back into uh, YouTube in a while. So thank you guys so much. And we're ready to start year two. And I can't wait for what this one holds. So thank you guys so much. So today's episode is going to be about Spectre. And more specifically, about the real-life Spectre, the Indrangheta, Indrangheta, which is the Italian mob which you probably have never heard of because I had never heard of it before. So this is about the real life Spectre. And whether you like the movie or not, the idea of this secret clandestine organization, tentacles everywhere, and they have people everywhere, you know, as they say. And the idea of it is really great. The fact that, it, and it's not, it's always so much more, I always say this, I always say this about Bond, is that it's so much more interesting delving into higher society rather than the lower rungs. So what I mean is like street level crime is everywhere and it's not that interesting to me. One, because I deal with it every day. It's the same stuff over and over again. It's kind of boring for me now. But when you start getting into the weed and you start going up into the layers rather than people fighting amongst themselves, you know, under underprivileged, you know, under all, all these other people who leave these poor people, these underprivileged people that just fight amongst themselves. It's a sad state of affairs when the people who are actually gaining the most from these crimes you know, it's not these people on the corner selling cocaine. It's not these people with 30 packs of heroin in their pocket selling at five, six, seven dollars a pop. You know, they're not the ones who are making it. The ones that are making it are the way up that deal with the bulk quantity. The ones that have brokers that are just investors. And that's what's amazing about the Andrew is that these people are made up of lawyers, accountants, high-end business people, politicians, not police officers, police chiefs. 
Like these are guys are so connected and you've probably never heard of them because I had never heard of them. They have said in my research, I said basically no one in America has heard of them and they're just now starting to get lore. And Amazon just did a, um, a show called zero 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 that deals in the Indiganita. And I haven't seen it yet, but I'm definitely going to start binge watching that this week after doing my research. So I'm really interested in seeing that. And it is, it's basically just the elites of the elite going and making sure that they profit and what the Indigenous started was in the in the boot in the in the toe of the boot of Italy. So if you you know Italy is basically shaped like a boot. If you look at the the toe of it, it's probably the most impoverished part of Italy, and that's where the Indigenous started. That's where our journey is going to begin, and uh, I can't wait. I think along it's going to be a really interesting episode. And Spectre, whether you love it or not, I actually I could I I don't know if I told you this. I don't know if I've told the story. I just told it on being James Bond when he interviewed me but i had taken a break after the brazen era um from bond so i you know was in college i did my own thing and then i was on a plane back from istanbul and on my way back from istanbul i was like oh man a james bond movie just came out well let me see it and it was specter and it was and having not seen the entire pantheon of, of bond movies seeing it in and of itself i actually loved the movie now now that I've seen the whole movies and understand more about Blowfield and the brother thing, and, and the story does kind of fall apart. But just for a visual, because I think everybody watches movies for a different reason. And I listened to, I just listened to the Style podcast with like the best of, of Daniel Craig with um, with Bobby and Kyle and uh, John Williams and, and David Zeritsky. And I look at how they interpret a movie and they, how some, like Bobby said he loved Quantum of History or Quantum of well, he hasn't said that. Hopefully one day Bobby says, you know what, I, from Bobby from uh, Match Perfectly, one day he's like, oh, you know what, I love Quantum of Solace and Quantum of History. But it was good. He, he was saying how he loved Quantum of Solace. And the reason is he watches a movie and the lens that he watches it through is through the style, through the artistic, through things like that. Whereas I listened to Calvin Dyson versus um, David Zerisky, same thing, under their debates. And Calvin Dyson is talking about how he loves a view to a kill over Russia from Russia with love. And I'm like, oh my, uh, what, what? Because the view to a kill is the only one that I find completely unwatchable. But you're looking at two different lenses of how they watch a movie, just like everything else when you watch something. So if somebody's looking for style, for, um, you know, the sartorial aspect, for things like that, the coolness of it, Spectre is great. I, I, the first time the one you look at the Dia, the Dia de la Muerte, which is going to be part two of this episode, I'm going to do with Bud West from the Bond brand. When you watch this, that it's amazing. I actually love love the style, love this. It's so cool. Uh, I dressed up like that for Halloween two years ago. I just love um, that part. And then there is a lot of tutorial things. It there are shortcomings with like the car chase, and then the last third of the movie. If you're looking at it from a story aspect, it's it is really bad. The story just falls apart. Um, but I just kind of want to get into the same thing. Guess going to get on that same topic. If you haven't watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League that just came out, that's a different movie. I mean, you you have the same basic footage that two people had, and it's a different movie. And it's so much better because they take the time to just go with the story and make it feel like more epic and make it play out. Rather than the first one, they're like, all right, we have to get it under this. Boom, 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 boom. Let's see how it is. And you, that's just a great example of how you can have a script and how you can have a story and footage and everything like that. And really, it depends on what happens at the end. 
What happens when that final cut comes out, when the director has it, when the editor has it, when all the Warner Brothers gets involved or who, whomever, you can have a the same material and edit with two very different things, right? I mean, it's like, you know, Formula One, you get two, car, two race car drivers basically driving the same car. One's ends up in first, one's ends up in seventh. Why? I don't know, because it, they're just different. And that was a great example. And I think Spectre and, and movies like Die Another Day, um, you can see where the script and the plot and how it goes can be really great. And then the final execution, there becomes too many hands. And Sony, I mean, Sony has, I, I feel like if you watch any of the Sony movies, you can see just like Warner Brothers does. When you've got these executives that come in and they ruin a movie, that's how I feel what went on with Spectre. You know, you get something and then it just kind of warps off. And then here's like, it's not, here's the leaked emails where it's not big enough. We need a we need a bigger thing. We need let's let's explosions and you know what we should do we should make them brothers. Oh man, that'll be so cool to be like, oh my god, you're my brother, bro. And you, yeah, I'm totally your brother, bro. Like, what? You are my brother, bro? And then it'll be like so like, oh my god, he's my brother, bro. And like you know, <laughs> I just that's how I kind of feel like it went. And uh, nothing ruins a movie quicker than thinking not understanding that subtlety is so good and can be so artistic so it really depends on how you look at it i i enjoy spectre i don't put it in my top you know 10 or 10 but i do enjoy it i'd certainly put it ahead of you know overrated films like on her majesties or something but i uh i do i like it so that's how i the lens i look through a film is like again from rush with love because you know where are my two favorites because I look at a movie like I like the the story, the the signs, the the, the art, the, the the way Bond carries himself, and a little bit of tutorial. So that's why I, I find Spectre great. But um, to get off of the back of the movie, to get back into the history part, let's go ahead. I'm gonna dive right in. The Indrangheta. If nothing else, it's fun to say, even though I don't say it well. Indrangheta. Indrangheta. Like the movie or not, the idea of a secret organization running a multitude of criminal aspects of society really does make for riveting storytelling. And in what seems like a fabrication of reality, there in fact is a secret organization that exists and has existed since around 1880. The Indrigante is at such an organization. They work mainly in secrecy with few defections and little known about their organization. And they have amassed enormous amounts of wealth. They have enormous amount of power influence and there's a growing mythology about them it is estimated that in 2013 the the activities accounted for three percent of italians gp italy's gdp nearly 60 billion dollars now i read that when i researched that's not from one source i saw that from multiple sources that that's what they estimate it is and if you look at the previews for zero 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 um the amazon series based on the indigenita one of the things they says is make no mistake about it the world does not function without our enterprise, which basically means, and that's a huge thing. 3% of a GDP is a huge, I mean, that's, that's enormous amount of your actual wealth. So 
And basically, we're going to go into all the things that he had and the history of how they went from kidnappings to cocaine, basically. Um, but their operation has spread all throughout Europe. It's in South America to Australia, and it's it's all throughout Europe, and it's in Africa now. And it's truly a worldwide criminal enterprise, and they do have their tentacles in a variety of different fields. So how did the Indignata, amount, um, this amount of wealth, build this amount of political power, all while maintaining their secrecy? Unlike so many of these other organizations, you know, you look at the Italian mob, the Sicilian mob, the mafia, the Bloods, the Crips, all of those, MS-13, all these criminal organizations that you kind of see are gangs or stuff like that. They become uh, famous in and of themselves. They seek the attention, but the Indrigenta has really been able to maintain their secrecy. And again, criminal organizations are nothing new. Um, You know, again, Cosa Nostra, BGF, mob, Crip. Bloods. They've all found their way into everyday lexicon. They're in Hollywood movies, TV shows, and countless books. Now in Italy, Cosa Nostra is the most famous of all organized organized crime. They're based in Sicily, and the organization most people associate with criminal organizations. I mean, they're always in the news. They're always having tr- public trials. They have failings with informants, and their businesses go public. Crips, Bloods have low loyalty. It's an American gang, um, but they have low loyalty. They're always rapping about being Bloods and Crips. They're sporting colors. They actually have bandanas and colors and all that sort of stuff to advertise that they're gangs. Their Instagrams are basically them just looking into a camera, smoking weed, and talking about being gangsters. Like, it's it's just, it's not very, uh, there is some organization to it, but they have a weak infrastructure, lots of snitching. Um, they're nothing compared to an organized organized mafia that you know italy or the greeks have so italy has another organization called the camorra they're based in the Campania region which is more along the lines of these groups um basically they're more of an umbrella organization with smaller sects of gangs like the crips have the crip 55 and all that stuff so there's a whole bunch of different things that go in with crips and bloods it's basically an umbrella organization of other sects so that's what the camorra basically is there's other sects of gangsters that kind of all have fallen into they're like franchises like uh, they're like Chick Fil A. <laughs> like, yeah, they're you 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 buy your franchise, you operate it, you do what you have, but there's still an umbrella that you fall under, and you still have to answer, and you can't open on Sundays. So that's basically the uh, that's how the Camorra works. Now all of these groups have made headlines and are well known worldwide. Now what made Spectre so effective is that they operate in secrecy. You see it in Quantum of His. I'm say I say it too many times. You see it in Quantum of Solace when. Uh, Mr. White's being interrogated, and he's like, "I th- we're so worried. We, here we are thinking, oh my God, the CIA, the MI6, they're on to us. They know us. In reality, you know nothing about us. And that's what made Spectre so interesting, and that's what makes the Indignata so expe- so interesting is because they're the same thing. They, they really not much is known about them. The exact origin of the Indignata is unknown, but it's approximated about 1880. So the Cosa Nostra and the Camorra were a few years prior, with their histories being well-versed. Now, the Indrigenta started in Calabria, which again is the toe of the Italy boot. Like many criminal enterprises, the idea of the Indrigenta started within um, Italy's prisons. Much like modern-day MS-13, MS-13 started in Los Angeles, actually. It was you know, illegal El Salvadorians that got arrested in Los Angeles. Then they get into prisons, they look at and they hear about how uh, Los Angeles gangs are formed and how they function. Then when they're deported back to El Salvador, they bring L.A. gang mentality to El Salvador, only they morph it to make it more El Salvadorian and they be much more vicious and stuff like that. So once out of prison, they return to Calabria. Calabria is far behind Sicily and Naples and the rest of Italy. Calabria is economically backwards and does not have the political prowess 
of the other main areas of Italy. As this area has mainly been forgotten by the Italian government, it has become the perfect breeding ground for what considered the most powerful criminal organization in the world. Kind of the forgotten part of Italy, so they don't put much effort into it. They don't much put any, you know, punch much capital into it. They just kind of leave it there, and it, and it remains the poorest. It has no political influence, so it's a perfect breeding ground. If the government doesn't help you, or if other people don't help you, there's nothing else. Then the uh, criminal organizations, um, they they step in. When the Andragonetta started first started, they made their living on cattle rings, basically extorting and shaking down farmers for money and status because those were the ones that actually had money. Once their clout began to grow and as did their wealth, they began making deals with politicians to affect elections and maintain political prowess. This was simultaneously happening in New York with Boss Tweed and his crew. Basically, as society evolves, the opportunities for criminal organizations evolved too. And in the fight against the Indrignetta functioned the way that many of the burgeoning police departments did. The heads of the Indrignetta would allow to operate freely in exchange for information on smaller time criminals. This was a way that the politicians could show they were fighting crime, but still maintaining their symbiotic criminal relationship with the Indrignetta. Look, at the end of the day, everybody's making money. So if the top state making money and we can just pick off some of these lower to mid-tier people, um, you know, everybody, you know, quid pro quo, everybody wins. And the way that the Indrignetta do to maintain their secrecy, because they'll, they'll, let, they'll, they'll give sacrificial lambs to the police. The way that the Indrignetta has survived even letting, you know, some of the lower ones get picked off and maintain their secrecy is to have two status of members. The first being Societa Maggiore, our uh, major society. These are where the elites of the organization are. These members have proven themselves through trials or deals and uh, have been on the spot. Their loyalty is unquestioned. These are the ones that know the reaching uh, of the far-reaching tentacles of the Indrignetta. The other sect is Societa Minore, or Society Minor. While still sworn to secrecy and privy to the perks of being with the Indrignetta, they don't know the inner workings of high-end deals. The influence within the political world, organizations, and the high end of businesses are still unknown to these individuals. So they don't know exactly how far the, the reaches go and who their contacts are, who they're brokering for, but they do get perks of being associated with the Indrignetta. Indrignetta is obsessed with their rituals and their history. Their initiations involve several different rituals, one even being bleeding onto a picture of St. Michael before being set on fire and passed around with other members. Their codes are not taken lightly. In one story, a Indrignetta member shot his sister in the face because she had gotten pregnant um, from a police officer. Now, after shooting her in the face, he turned himself in as part of an honor killing for having broken the code because she was married to one of the Indrignetta and she had an affair with a cop. And, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, while the traditions have stayed the same, the business was not. So, again, you look at pre uh, after pre-World War II, again, you're looking at kidnappings, kidnapping rich businessmen from the north and holding them ransom down in the south until their business is paid or doing farmers or shaking down businesses locally or something like that. That changes, though, around the 1950s because after World War II, Italy had an economic renaissance and it was building from World War II. Indrigantha took advantage of this, using their political access and their intimidation techniques to secure lucrative construction contracts. So they, again, they were they were bullies for um, elections, much like Boss Tweed in New York was doing, um, really making sure that elections go the same way. So in that, you get clout with political prowess. And when these big contracts come up, 
to rebuild an entire country that's been destroyed. They are lucrative. They have millions and millions of dollars and they use their influence to secure these contracts even though they're not the they're not the best suited to actually do it. And if there's any kind of competition, violence and extortion was used to combat any groups trying to uh, undercut them or trying to get these contracts. Major high, high white contracts went to undeserving contractors, some of which remain unfinished today. The A3 highway is an example of this. The Andrangheta has siphoned billions of Italian dollars from their government for this project. Starting in like the 1950s, it is still not done today. And the results have been poorly built, poorly maintained tunnels, roadways, bridges, and illogical placed routes. While it still remains a blight, the corruption and reaches of the Andrangheta tentacles prevent anything from changing. And then the Andrangheta added a new tool for the tool belt, which was kidnappings again in 1960s and 1970s. They really upped their kidnapping game around then too. The most famous of these was John Paul Getty III. In this particular instance, the Indrigneta mailed a piece of Getty's ear to the family. And this act has been replicated in movies, TV shows, it's even been spoofed in comedies. And it's estimated that between 1969 and 1988, 71 people that were kidnapped never were returned alive, despite having a portion of their ransom paid. The violence and wealth of the organization grew rapidly during this time period. The Indrigneta meet in a very Bond villain type lair, and it's in the mountains of Aspromonte. Inside here lies the sanctuary of Santa Maria di, Poli, di, di Polsi. I don't know, this is my best Italian. Let me try this again. The sanctuary of Santa Maria di Polsi, Our Lady of the Mountain, which was built in 1144. 1144. At the bottom of a gorge. It is here that not only do thousands of Catholics convene every September to pay homage to the Virgin Mary and the Greek goddess Persephone, but the most powerful heads of the Andrigantha meet. I mean, how cool is it to, I mean, I shouldn't be saying it's so cool for this criminal organization, but how cool of it is to have a lair in the Virgin Mary sanctuary that was built in 1144 at the bottom of a gorge. Oh my God. Right? I, I'm, don't tell anyone, I'm going to crime. If anybody has any uh, hookups for the Andrigantha, let me know. I'm ready. I'm ready to go meet in a gorge that was built in 1144 and talk some criminal stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 living your best life. And something straight out of Spectre or Thunderball. The meetings are here to discuss any house in-house quarrels and resolve them. Another huge aspect is that you know, when you start get these things growing, um, there's there's a lot of pride, there's a lot of ego, there's a lot of fighting. So when they go to these meetings, they try to resolve. Um, any kind of conflicts that are going on or any kind of trouble they have. Also discuss budget meetings. Uh, they discuss commerce, bribes, political backing, and many other highly important topics the Indrigenta have to face. In this time, the Indrigenta was run by a small um, few that maintained their stability for decades. This began to change as conflicts among the highest ranks of members grew. Again, for hundred or almost 100 years, the Indrigenta did a really good job of no infighting, squ uh, squashing beefs, staying kind of low key and then right around here they start to uh it starts to boil over so eventually tensions boiled in 1974 to 1977 here a, a war broke out amongst the indrigenta and it claimed over the lives of over 200 members that's that's the estimate it's about 200 people died in those three years what came out of this was the creation of mama Santa, santissima or the holy mother sect now, this was the elite of the elite organization. Now, we're talking just a handful of people. And this allowed the Indrigenta to get the highest offices of prestige in Italy. 
This is again from judges, politicians, CEOs, police chiefs, to anyone with ultimate prestige. They ingenuate to have their tentacles in everything, especially in, I think I've seen it more in these, in these CEOs, which are really, you have to launder your money. You have to get influx when the company starts to go down. What do you turn to? You know, it's, if your company is failing and you don't have any other place to turn to and the banks aren't going to give you loans or you have to justify all this other stuff, you need an influx of, you know, a couple hundred thousand. Why not? And then once you're in there, now they've got you. And, um, you know, that they kind of sell, sell your soul, right? By the 1980s, they had gotten into drug trafficking business. And in, again, the 1980s worldwide, cocaine and crack, but mainly cocaine. And, um, they rule the day. They have cut out the Cosa Nostra to become world's mo- Europe's most prolific cocaine distributor. Again, if you're going to deal with the Colombian or the Mexican cartels, you can't have as many leaks as um, the Cosa Nostra had. They were they were getting too big, they were getting too known, and they had too many people flipping and too many high like 300 level indictments on their thing. So the the, the Inca was much quieter, much better keeper. So they were able to keep deeper ties in South America and they have flourished in the drug game as Cosa Nostra has been dealing again with continual hits with prosecution in, in Italian courts. It is believed that the Indigenate have over 400 key operatives in 30 countries. These key operatives run different aspects of the business much in the way that Spectre is depicted. Just kind of a breakdown from 2013 what their income was estimated. I have no idea how I got these but I saw it from two or three sources that this is about what the uh, breakdown is. So 2013 from extortion was 2.9 billion euros. Embezzlement, 2.4 billion euros. Gambling, 1.3 billion. While arms sales, prostitution, counterfeiting, and people smuggling also came in around a billion. So just kind of what, what all the far-reaching stuff. But I thought it was, it was interesting that extortion was 2.9 billion euros. That is... That is Spectre, I believe that's the, uh, I believe that's the last e extortion. Um, so it's it's really, I mean, it's, this is this is Spectre. I wonder, I wonder how much of this influence actually is because Spectre meets in that in that Italian, um, like kind of like church thing. So I wonder how much is actually. Um, I never know. I always feel like the, I always feel like the broccolis have ties with something. I don't know why. I the more I do these this quantum history and all these topics, I always feel like Barbara and the and the broccoli have some kind of privy to these high end Spectre criminal organizations. I don't know. Just my hunch. Maybe 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 uh Barbara's actually La Madrina. Who knows, right? A new money earner for the Andrangeta has been disposed I thought this was actually interesting. So this is a new one that they've got is the disposal of toxic waste. So the companies with environmental conscious restrictions have to deal with rising costs of toxic waste disposal. What the Indrigeneta has been able to do is procure dealings with places like Somalia. In Somalia, the Indrigeneta will trade weapons to Somalian entities in exchange for giving them a place to bury shiploads of toxic waste. Companies will pay the Indrigeneta millions of dollars to dispose of these chemicals, which is a huge cost savings to them compared to the established means of disposal set out. Disposing toxic waste is a very high-end expenditure for companies. You you just don't you don't get to just throw it in the trash can and take it away. Like you have to spend a lot of money. What the Andrigeneta has done is they brokered deals in Somalia. They'll bring shiploads of this toxic waste into Somalia, and then Somalia will like yeah we'll just bury it over there, and they'll just bury it in exchange for uh, like I said just for, for you know guns, which again they're procuring from other ones. 
it's just it's just that takes a lot imagine having a criminal organization that you have that much clout that you can weave international deals like that i mean that's that's really impressive stuff on january 13th 2021 italy embarked on one of the largest criminal prosecutions of all time 320 of the Ingenieta, uh suspects members and their associates are facing hundreds of uh hundreds of criminal charges these charges include extortion drug trafficking theft and numerous other charges while cosa nostra has faced trials like this this is the first time in their near 150 years of the Ingenieta that they're facing opposition quite like this most of the accused members are lawyers businessmen, accountants, business people, politicians, and police officers. These 320 members, while are substantial, are not considered anywhere near the top. Well, this will make a show, but it's really not going to change much in the Indigenita, as their tentacles run deep into the highest areas of society. It is hard to see any way that could be eliminated, or how ingrained in world economics, criminality, that the Indigenita are actually involved. And much like Spectre, they have people everywhere. I thought that was a really interesting, and, I, and as a, an investigator myself, um, I've run into to things where I've gone up the chains for, and in just a, a small city like Baltimore, I've gone up the chain to for investigations and got into, been told some things. I had one time some, um, we got pretty high up in a drug shop, and somebody asked for me by name, um, like, oh, I want to talk to Waldron. Which is weird that they would know my name, and then I got into it, and then I don't, I can't tell, I can't talk too much about it, but um, basically, they knew what I was doing, and they had already known because I had a warrant up that was a very specific warrant that is you don't know like you wouldn't know like it's a very specific, very clandestine warrant that you can have, and it traces this person, and the only way to know about it, and they even called it by the name, which is a very distinct name you wouldn't know this warrant unless you've actually written one or you had any kind of connect so he's like you want to know why your blank blank warrant was uh was shut down or didn't work because the guy had had same information for seven years and then all of a sudden one hour after i have this warrant up it shuts down and i'm like what the hell when you'd write this kind of warrant there's only a couple people that actually know about it and there's no, there's, it's not like it was a big thing or there's only a couple of people that know about it. So somebody with high end, um, clarification or, or access to these, to these has to know about it and for him to know about it an hour in. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was telling. It was, and then all of a sudden I am, I am told I get one more day. I get an hour of surveillance. <laughs> And if you and if you ever if you've ever done any kind of investigations or just kind of know an idea of it, one hour of of investigating or looking at a place is nothing. Like you need to spend if you're gonna spend if you're gonna learn how something works, you have to spend hours and hours looking at these there's a shop or spending an hour in a vacance looking at them, hiding, listening in their conversations as much as you can, and to get it. The fact that I got an hour, one more day, wrap it up, and that was the end of it. I was like, all right, well, somebody, somebody got wind that, uh, you know, and and it's just like, that's just a small example of a, of a city like Baltimore that it doesn't take much. And then all of a sudden you're being, you're being almost basically reassigned and it's everywhere. I'm sure in Italy and you start going up the chain, you'll get some middle people and then that's all you're going to get. And then all of a sudden that's going to be the end of it. And that's, uh, 
you know, in the in the 1990s in Italy, there was a that went off the Cosa Nostra. There was a couple of DAs that actually tried to go up higher, and they ended up both of them ended up uh, assassinated in the 1990s, which I read. Which is again, they they don't play. When you start getting up into the higher end, you see the panic, and when you get up to the higher end, you start seeing that panic rise, and you start getting phone calls from people that have never called you, that never should have called you. And you're wondering why all of a sudden I'm getting email, or not in emails, certainly not emails, but a phone call saying, hey, what's going on, man? How you been? So, hey, what's going on with this? Why do you care? You're way above me. Why do you care? <laughs> so it, it really does give red flags about how far these organizations, how much far criminality actually is in society. And in, you know, Italy or a place like Baltimore, which is just rampant with corruption, it is it's amazing how much money again you're talking about 60 billion dollars worth of criminal enterprise and then the drug game is even i mean think about how much money drugs makes around the economy the economy really does um a large part of our gdp in a lot of these countries is based on the drug trade so it doesn't all just go to low-level people living in a squalor it goes high up and this influence and this power look at new york is going to legalize weed and they're estimated that it's going to generate about $42 billion for New York alone. Well, before that, that $42 billion didn't come from anywhere. didn't come out of the sky. Someone was paying $42 billion for something. So it is um, to think about how much. And, and again, there was one part of the previews for 000 that kind of hit me was that you need me. Don't forget, this country needs me to survive. And it's kind of, who knows, you know? Who knows how how deep it is? I haven't I haven't gotten that far into uh, into the investigations to see how deep it goes, but I'm sure that it is it is it is everywhere. Then people are everywhere. So I want to bring in my guest today, Sal Manteria. He runs Spider Unlimited. He's the one who DM'd me and said, "Hey, you need to look into this topic." And uh, I can't think of enough. He was a great uh, great guest, really fun topic, and uh, really I I can't. There's been so much fun to talk about. So thank you, Juan. So let's welcome in. Sal Manteria. But always hit the floor. I've spent a lifetime running, and I always get away. But with you, I'm feeling something that makes me want to stay. All right, so I want to welcome in my friend Sal Mentaria, uh, also from what is it again? The, the Sp- uh, Spider Unlimited. Spider Unlimited, yes. All right, thank you on the podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on because you suggested. Kind of, I've been trying to really do something with Spectre for a while now, and I've had some ideas, and I always wanted to find like the perfect um, Spectre organization. And when you DM me and, and told me about this, and I started researching it, it was just absolute perfect. So thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I love the podcast. Um, as a huge history buff my on my own, this is like, you know, you have Bond and history together. Just bring it on. And women, <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's it. Half history, half Bond, half boobs. That's yep. I'm cool with that. That's how I live. Uh, um, so yeah, so, so you DM me, and we've been we've been we've been following each other for a while, DMing back and forth. But you suggested this topic about the Indigenta. And how did you become? How did you come across it to to even bring it on to me? Funny enough, I was researching. This was like maybe five or so years ago. Um, 
it just came back up recently, but I was looking like, are there, I just researched, are there real life specter organizations? <laughs> and this is like, maybe, one of the maybe first I, ones that came up. Maybe I should have tried doing that first. I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, it was the first thing that came up and from then on out, it was just a slew of information, but also like a little cryptic too. Like, cause you know, they're pretty dangerous people. These, these, uh, that operate worldwide. So just, uh, just want to say, um, you know, we're recording here. So if anything happens to us, um, <laughs> we have it recorded, ready to go, but you know, you could chop off their heads and somebody's already there to replace them. So exactly. Yeah. I already got Hillary Clinton looking out to me and, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and everything else. So might as well add to the list that wants to, uh, to end the quantum history reign here. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of time, you know, with the echoes and, uh, everybody's listening so <laughs> I, I found it such an interesting topic because they really are specter until recently and i just became aware right after i started researching this i noticed uh i was advertising for this show called zero 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 and it's, oh yes I, have you seen it yet i haven't watched it yet it's on my list my buddy was just tell, i was just telling him about the episode he's like yo you got to see this this show zero 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 which i guess is amazing and it touches on the in the in the Indiana, and their reaches really are a specter because it's not low. It's not just low-level crime. It's not just anything corner. It is really all throughout. Politicians, high-end uh, CEOs, businessmen. They have. They literally have people everywhere. Literally everywhere. It's like you know what he said in Quantum. He's like, we have people everywhere. Well, this is the organization. Absolutely. absolutely. Them and, uh, and it, Kabora too, which I thought was separate until recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was part of Endergeta until recently. Yeah. My research was they were kind of like an umbrella organization of little organizations was the Cumbernella. And right. then the, the Endergeta is more in and of themselves. They're, they're kind of their own thing. But exactly. either way, I mean, what better, what better theater to have? And I, and I wonder if, if even Spectre knew about them as they wrote the movie. Even the, even the scene when they have the boardroom in the Italian spot, he's but, like, right. you know. Come on. It doesn't get yeah. any more. Like, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> And I was watching that movie, and like, there it is, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and the only difference is they they're in Rome for that one, which right. they would be in the southern. But I just and I, and I do it, and even researching, it, I definitely get the feel, and I always get the feel like maybe Barbara Broccoli is uh, is some kind of like some some don or some mafiosa somewhere. Even from the, all the things that she knows, from the pipeline to everything else, I always feel like she's got she's in the know somehow. Oh yeah, I could definitely I can relate because a coworker of mine um is a distant relative of the broccolis oh really yeah and i mean once they told me that i I never left her alone but um (laughs) yeah but i mean because i think an uncle or something was connected and he got thrown out of hollywood but uh albert was able or cubby was able to stay i don't know it's some some crazy stuff from like the 30s and 40s that's good. Do you, that's, and then it goes back that far. And I think that that's so, so the interesting time period because it kind of shapes about modern time mm-hmm. and fall after World War II and all that. Even Hollywood and everything else, it really does shape what the world we live in today is. Oh, 100%. Then we should and learn that, from the history. Don't, don't deny it. Exactly. It's the same thing. Don't revise it. Don't get rid of it. Don't pardon mm-hmm. it. It's, it's there and it has repeated itself time and time and time again. Whether it's good or bad, you still have to, you know, you still have to go head into it and you learn from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you watch Spectre, what are your feelings about the movie itself? Ooh. Uh, 
Oh, it's so a tough much. one, right? <laughs> See, there are a lot of parts I like in it. For, for the ending, forget it. That's just that. That's terrible. Oh my god! Let me start by saying this. I felt, and I even bet my friend at the time, that C was going to be Blofeld. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a little. I mean, if you see, look at that guy. If you ever seen him in Sherlock, he's like the ultimate evil guy. And when they casted him, I'm like, he's got to be Blofeld. He's got to take the reins from Christoph Waltz and take the. And when he didn't, he just died at the end. It just kind of deflated me a bit. Yeah, did he almost? He's a throwaway character. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he wasn't there, it wouldn't change the movie at all. Exactly. I mean, what's the point? I mean, they're surveillance. Okay, they do. That's the world we live in, anyway. S- Silva was already doing it. Yeah, he already had it. And there's TikTok. I mean, <laughs> TikTok <laughs> and Instagram. They already put everything on there, anyways. There's no need to. You didn't even have to take it. People were voluntarily giving it away nowadays. Yeah, no, you couldn't have said it better than that. It's voluntarily, and there's, it's just. Um, but I do got to say this in relation to Spectre going into No Time to Die. They have to fix that canonization of Skyfall. I hated that they roped in Silva with Spectre. Yeah, absolutely. I think that think... was just a bad, a bad call right there. And they could fix it with just one line and no time to die. And then, boom, Skyfall's back on top. Do you think they're going to do something along the lines of, of like an Andrinanta where it's just to keep with the Spectre organization and really keep the tentacles that we have them everywhere? And maybe even that Blofield isn't even the, the major... The Societe Majorite, maybe somebody else, right? Uh, are we referring to No Time to Die or just going forward? No Time to Die. I, I, think, I, yeah. I think that'll be the conclusion. We'll see what happens after that. But I think the logical progression, are they going to try to stick with this idea of the secret organization with tentacles everywhere? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to make it more personal about Bond? No, I think I think they're going to do... They ha- I think they have to do it where it's everywhere. Because we already had Bond personal... How many times already with Craig? Three times, yeah, technically, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and they've been saying that you know this is going to be a back to what people are going to like Bond film. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping for commandos at the end to help raid whatever layer it is, and um, who knows? Just don't kill him. Yeah, exactly. Do you, when you have something like a like the Andrinata, mm-hmm. and they've got him in political, do you find that that to be a more interesting story than like? Um, the drugs or the gangsters or something like that or because to me i always find like when you get an organization that has high reaching with like politics i find that far more interesting of a story oh yeah no for sure um i mean especially like um i mean well let's just say right now that i think all these organizations whether it's the entregetta um the mafia the the, the um the colombian cartel uh, drugs are their their the main business no matter what that's what's going to help the influx of everything without a doubt Mm -hmm. um but i mean this organization the fact that the calabrian um a governor had ties to them and um they have uh, you know the sicilian mafia is afraid of them isis is afraid of them that's got to tell you something yeah when you i hadn't get that much about the isis thing what did you get on the isis i was afraid of them 
so from what I picked up, uh, what I was, I've read a couple of different articles. One, they were actually dealing drugs to ISIS because <laughs> ISIS <laughs> needed money and shit like that and whatever. Uh, I can curse, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, um, but I know they were dealing um, to the North African ISIS members. They were dealing uh, weapons to them um, and even to the Syrian regime as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's fun. No, go ahead. It's funny how those same places like Syria, Somalia, and mm-hmm. ISIS, and that is that firearms are worth more than anything else, worth yeah. more than gold, worth more than anything else, you know, food, humanitarian. No, it, it's about getting those weapons. I mean, look at Casino Royale, the beginning, the, yep. the the warlord. That's like that's their business one on one, right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I found the story about how they like the toxic waste in Somalia. I mean. Oh, yeah. in, exchange, in exchange for weapons, it's the same thing. So it makes you wonder, because these weapons get made somewhere, right? I mean, they're getting mm-hmm. these weapons from somewhere. How do you get, how, do, how does an organization like this get the weapons to then trade for that? Well, I, I mean, I forget what article it was that I was reading. And they said, it, it doesn't matter where in the world it is, they'll get their weapons. Like it's nothing. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, going to the, uh, uh, going to the deli down the block, picking up something. <laughs> that that's that's it for them and it's the same thing with their bosses you know you, you take one away the next one steps up and it just keeps going down the line i find that interesting because now you're looking at a different layer you're looking at another layer where you have to have a major corporation because guns are just not made willy-nilly mm-hmm. it's not it's not poppy plants that are in afghanistan that can just be smuggled or cocoa right. leaves from cocaine that can just get smuggled you're looking at a, a high-end production with manufacturing within the legitimate companies who are now intertwined with these and that's, right. those are the kind. Those are the kinds of stories that I find fascinating. So it's, it's that's why I said when you've got an organization, not just a, not the CIA just using subterfuge and and arming things. You got the criminal enterprise, and much like the IRA in one of the other episodes that I did. Now you've yes. got an entire manufacturing legitimate businesses in bed with these, and that mm-hmm. just makes for such great stories. I think. But it's also you know they have banking to back it up too. True. Which is crazy. I mean, I, I saved a, a little clipping from an article here that they were doing uh, in Germany. They have uh, clans that are uh, doing banking and they use it as clandestine financial transactions. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what are you kidding me? When That's James Bond 101. It is, a, it is such a James Bond story. And it, you know, there's no way James Bond can ever stop something like this. But it's a great no. storyline anyway. But it's amazing. Like as long as, as long as there's money involved. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a market for people to do it. There was even an article from the Irish Times. I should have saved it. Of course, I didn't, couldn't find it. But I do remember it said they were talking about the organization. And it said um, a James Bond movie plotline gone awry. And <laughs> it, it spoke about them dealing uh, weapons to uh, the triads and the, the Russian mob and how they had control over it from there. And holy shit, man. Like you got the triads, you got the Russian mafia, you got all these ties, and mm-hmm. they really do—they really do make the world go round. And I think that when you look at the movie Spectre, if they could have really dove into that storyline, forget the 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 blood brother, forget the personal things, Ugh. get into a storyline where you've got an organization with deep ties everywhere, mm-hmm. and that—that's where I think the, the 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 folly of the movie happened is that they didn't explore. I should Spectre should be like a three part series, right? You well, they 
they had it set up already with quantum yeah yeah they could have jumped right back into that and said you know quantum still exists here's the 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 body of that limb and like you said they could have dove right into that but the, the stupid brother thing uh, oh. uh just yeah. what <laughs> I know, it's only words. You can only grunt and make utterances to even explain how much of a bad idea it was. Oh, my God. It just... And, you know, I mean, I love the opening to Spectre. I like that he was going to assassinate that guy and you meet all the other... It's just, oh, my God. It just... Just... <laughs> this fucking movie. I love it, but I hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Because he had Skyfall, and then you get to that. Yeah, it, it, there's just so much there, and again, I wish that they really, really dove into something like the Ingenieta mm-hmm. and really put onto that. But oh, let's yeah, say they can, they can easily still do it. They, 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 they just you got to get the right people in there. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're gonna one question that really the hard questions, right? The ones that are really gonna burn the soul. Mm-hmm. So let's say let's say that you Saul are part of the Ingenieta. Mm-hmm. All right, you've made it. You're at the top. You're you're the Don. You're the you're the, the mafioso of the mafioso. All right. But but a Bond girl, any Bond girl that you want, you oh. can pick. Says I want you, but you gotta throw it all away. You got you gotta leave the family to have me. Shit. Who's who's the Bond girl that you're like? All right, I'm gonna forsake the Indigenita, risk my life, go into hiding for the rest of my life. Who's the girl? <sighs> So I can go three ways about this. Oh, do I want to? Do I want to throw a wrench into this, or oh, and who do I throw it away for? I mean, you can go for the Italian obvious for Monica Bellucci. Mm-hmm. Always, always a good first pick. Oh man, I don't. Uh, sh- <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with um, Vesper. Vesper, you're gonna go Eva Green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. What? Why Eva? I don't know. A uh, very attractive woman. Uh, personality. Mm. The, the eyes, the cleavage, the dress. It's all. Yeah. It's all. It's all. Great. Definitely the cleavage. <laughs> she shows them. Everyone in the room does stop when she walks in in that dress. Oh my god. I forget my cards too. Oh, ah yeah, yeah. I've been. <laughs> I, went out, I was at the casino uh, this past uh, weekend and I was just trying to do my best bond and I was like where's the where's the, the Vesper in the dress just walk by oh. please <laughs> did you have the suit on and everything or no 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 oh, it's just, I did that once I mean that's a whole other story in itself but <laughs> <laughs> alright so well thank you so much for coming on today and uh, if you're not following follow his page go ahead and plug, go ahead and plug your page Yes, yeah, so it's uh, Spider Unlimited, uh, S-P-Y-D-Y-R, Unlimited, all one word. That's at Instagram and um, YouTube page as well. Um, a lot of content's going to be coming. We're going to be producing um, some films soon. And um, it's just a lot going on with the COVID hurt and everything. So um, we're going to try and get that going. That's awesome, man. Well, like I said, if you're not following, go ahead and follow follow on YouTube. Follow wherever he is. And uh, great follow and great having you. And thank, thank you so much for introducing me to this topic because I had a blast doing this. And uh, it does a pre- it, 
it makes me appreciate Spectre, but it makes me wish for more when I after reading all this stuff. <laughs> yes, uh, it's such a pleasure being on here, and keep up all the good work. I love it, man. My man. All right, take it easy, buddy. Thank you. Have a good one. So, thank you again for tuning in. Part two of Spectre is going to be next next episode. We're going to have Bud West from the Bond Brain. We're going to talk about Dia de la Muerte. And uh, we're going to get on and talk some more um, more Spectre. So, thank you again for so much. Again, this has been episode 30. This has been Spectre. Thank you again, everyone, that showed up for the one-year anniversary. And, uh, again, we're going to be doing much more, um, much more of the IG Live. We're going to do a bunch more YouTubes. Uh, I'm going to try to put this on YouTube, too. Maybe do a two-part with the Spectre, the Dia de la Muerte, and the Indigenita. So, I'm very excited. Thank you, as always, for coming in. This has been Donnie Waldron. This has been Quantum of History. Thank you again, and as always, stay positive out there, guys. Know that I